Okay, you can go ahead and remain standing because we're going to, yeah, we're going to read, uh, we're going to read a passage of scripture together. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the the grace and the power and the truth and the light that is in your word. I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, Some of you recognize this person. I don't know if that's actually a person. Uh, but one of these things is not like another. I mean, uh, I'm actually too old for the Sesame Street generation, (laughs) but I have kids, so I knew Sesame Street existed. Uh, And uh, how many of you ever ever did the one of these things is not like another with Sesame Street? Okay, now some of you are too old. I know that you're, that you're, but anyway, uh, sometimes uh, it's easy to spot what the difference is, which, which one is different. Uh, which one is different? Three, I'll give you a clue. Three of them have four legs. I'll give you another clue. Only one of them is made out of cardboard. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes, sometimes it's more difficult to spot. Uh, you know, in this particular case, um, that's a grape, by the way. It's not a plum. But, uh, you know, which one is different? Well, maybe the banana, uh, because, and why would that be? The shape, the others are, are round. Uh, that, that, that's not really round, that apple. Uh, then there's also the fact that three of them grow on trees. One of them doesn't. Sometimes it gets a little complicated. I I hate those things on test because they're just, I don't know what they're made for because I'll look at something and I'll go, well, now, wait a minute. (laughs) It's that, but then there's also this and there's also that. And I just get to thinking so much, I miss, I'm, I'm, they think I'm dumb. Uh, Try this one. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, one of these things is not like the others. See, God is all of these things, or can be all of these things, but one of them requires me. 
while the others don't. You see, Jesus is a, is a way maker whether we follow the way or not. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Jesus, uh, Jesus says, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if he can make a way to the Father, if he can make a way for, um, yeah, evil <laughs> sinners with dark hearts and deceitfulness in their hearts to be able to stand in front of a, a holy God, he can make a way for anything. He absolutely can. Uh, there's another way in which he's a way maker that uh, is kind of interesting. Over in, uh, over in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that when you are tempted, he will provide a way of escape so that uh, you, you don't have to fall. Now, when we think of Jesus as being a way maker, we tend to think of, oh, we got a tough situation here and he'll open up the door and make a way for it. Yeah, but when you're tempted, he also makes a way for it. And it's pretty important to follow the way at that time as well. And the way may be as simple as pick up the remote and turn it off. <clears throat> the, the way may be as simple as get up and walk out the door. I mean... But, you know, that, we don't often think about him being a way maker in that regard, but, but, but he is. And not only that, Jesus is a miracle worker, whether we acknowledge him, the miracles or not. Uh, over in John chapter 9, he healed a man that was born blind, and people went, he wasn't really born blind. He could, this, this couldn't possibly be him. That, that really couldn't happen. Or, you know, he went through the first 40 years of his life, you know, with his eyes closed or something. No. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or not, he is a miracle worker. He completely changed my life. And it was a miracle. Um, I remember in my late 20s, just thinking back, I'd look back and go, because it, I was 25 when I really got straightened out, I guess, and if you call this straightened out. <laughs> but I, I was 25, and uh, up until that time, I, I was definitely not straightened out. And... Um, I remember my late 20s kind of looking back and going, wow. When I was 24, I could not possibly imagine my life being what it was at 26, 27, 28. I, I mean, it was, I might as well have been dreaming about living on the moon. It was, but he changed it and he changed me and he changed my in a miraculous way. Now, some of you didn't know me in college, but those who did, would be going, yeah, changed him in a miraculous way, he did. He's a promise keeper. Whether we are faithful or not. Paul wrote in Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And, you know, I'm so glad. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, I had <clears throat> one of the kids in the youth group asked me one time, you might want to put this in your note cards. Can God do anything? And I said, well, yeah, he can do anything. Can he make a rock too big for him to pick up? I went, that's stupid. <laughs> well, the answer to can God do anything is no. The scripture says he cannot disown himself. 
He cannot lie. He cannot be something tomorrow that he wasn't yesterday and won't be the next day because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can do anything he wants to do, but he can't, can't do that. In 2 Corinthians, uh, I, I believe that Kevin used this verse when he talked about pro, uh, promise keeper. No matter how many promises God have made, they're all yes in Christ Jesus. Uh, and, and, and through him, the amen is said to the glory of God. I had um, this last week, I had someone reach out to me uh, on social media and ask, do you have any recommendations for books? To read that discuss the actual promises of God for us today rather than the capabilities of God. And I, uh, I wrote back and I said, no. <laughs> uh, well, yes, but no. No, no, but yes. I actually stopped reading those books years ago. Because I found out that they always had an agenda. They always had a subtext. They were pushing a particular theology. They were pushing a particular idea, a particular way. Uh, why don't you just read the Bible? So, yeah, just read the Bible. That's the book that I would recommend. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You've got a relationship with him. He is a promise keeper. And he is a light in the darkness. Uh, whether we receive that light or not, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life is kind of like, you know, the light to be able to see what you're doing, to see what's going on. I just have to say this, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to, so it uh, may seem a little off topic, but this is the crazy season. Now, I don't know when isn't the crazy season, but this is the really crazy season uh, that we're in right now. You know, um, conspiracies and um, uh, anonymous sources and, um, you know, uh, someone said, but we're withholding their name or, or whatever like that. And I was, I was talking to a guy this week who's kind of eaten up with it, to be very honest. And... Uh, and then the Holy Spirit reminded me, uh, speaking of reading the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. Jesus says, this is the verdict. Light has entered the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into it for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But everyone who lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he has done has been done of God. And so when you got anonymous sources and, you know, well, we're just not going to say who this is or we're not going to say what this is and everything, but it's really, you got one of two things. You got either a coward or a liar. Actually, you got both, probably. Say, well, that's not what Jesus said. No, Jesus said what they're doing is evil. So when they'll come into the light and put their name on it, I'll listen. But as long as it's going to happen in the darkness, probably shouldn't listen. Because Jesus says that's evil. 
But he can only be my God if I cooperate. He's all these other things, but he can only, only be my God if I cooperate. Now, John's the only one who tells us very much about Thomas. Uh, the other uh, gospel writers only tell us that Thomas was one of the 12. But John gives us some information about him. And, 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 and I, I like Thomas. I, I love Thomas. I think he's great. Uh, one of the things that, the first thing that John tells us about Thomas is over in chapter 11, uh, Jesus gets the news that Lazarus is sick and he, and he waits around for three days, and, and the disciples are kind of going, man, we thought he was going to go back to Judea where Lazarus is, and that was not going to be good. And then after three days, Jesus says, uh, let's go back to Judea. And they go, what? They, they freak out. They kind of go, Lord, this is not a good idea. The last time you were there, they tried to kill you. You, you remember that? We remember that. Uh, we don't think this is a good idea. And Jesus says, well, you know, Lazarus is asleep and I need to go wake him up. Well, if he's asleep, he's going to get better. He's dead. And I'm glad that I wasn't there for your benefit because you're going to see something. And, you know, I don't know if it happened immediately. And I suspect that the disciples are kind of, you know, talking about, are you going to go? Yeah, are you going to go back with him? I mean, you know, I, I think the pastor's lost his mind. Yeah. What, what do you think? I mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think we ought to go there. Thomas is the one who speaks up and says, hey, look, guys, let's go with him and die. It's all right. In for a, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's, let's do it. And I don't think that Thomas was thinking, you know, we'll go with him and it's going to turn out okay because even when I don't see it, you're working. And he didn't see it. I think he literally meant, we're going to die, but let's go. Because I'll follow him there. And so he did. So, you know, I, I, I like him pretty well. And then this thing comes up that we read about. And this is the most famous thing about doubting Thomas. You know, Jesus appeared to the, uh, to the other 10 disciples. Uh, Judas was already off the scene. To the other 10 disciples. And then Thomas come, but Thomas wasn't there. I don't know where Thomas was. Not going to speculate, but he wasn't there. And he comes back and the other 10 go, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas goes, yeah, right. Uh, I'm not going to believe. I mean, you, you yahoos can think what you want to, but I'm not going to believe unless I see him. Unless I put my finger in his, in his hands, I put my hand in his side. And you, you know, you come up with, uh, you, you come up with, uh, if, if, you, if you look at depictions, artistic depictions of it, of Jesus showing him his side and everything, they're all so serious. And maybe they were, but I think Jesus loved it. I mean, I think Jesus intentionally showed up to those guys when Thomas wasn't there. Because he knew that somewhere down the line, there were going to be people who go, well, well, you know, they just all made this up and everything. No, there was one of them who wasn't there and he wouldn't believe. He absolutely wouldn't. Well, they just made that up too. Well, how about this? They didn't make it up. And Thomas really didn't believe until he could see and get actual proof. And so when Jesus showed up with Thomas there, I got to feel like Jesus is going, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> and and uh, so Thomas sees him, and I, and I would love to have seen Thomas's face at that moment. 
You know, when, when Jesus comes in, I would love to have seen Thomas's. And, and Jesus says, come here, Thomas. See my hands? Put, put your finger here. I heard what you said. Put, put your hand into my side. You know, I, I, would, I, I think he had to feel pretty good about it. And Thomas had the honor of being the first person to call Jesus my God. Had the honor being able to actually say that. Others had said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Thomas is the one who got to say, you are my God. That is who you are. And we have the opportunity to be among those that Jesus called blessed. When he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet will believe. See, God created us in such a way that he cannot make us own him as God. Any of you ever had a strong-willed child? <clears throat> Any of you ever been a strong-willed child? <laughs> yeah, that's just about covers everybody. And God made us in such a way that he can't make us own him as God. He, he can break us. He can hurt us. He, he could judge us. But he can't make us on him as God. I, uh, I always, when I'm thinking of this, I always think of the, the, the movie Bruce Almighty and the scene in it where uh, uh, Jim Carrey, who has been given the powers of God. Now, that, that's a problem right there. <laughs> but, but he's been given the powers of God, and he's, and he's got this girlfriend who has broken up with him, and he's... And, and, you know the scene, if you've seen the movie, you know, he's, he's doing that thing about, love me. And it doesn't work. Because God can't do that. That's how he created us. What does it mean for the Lord to really be my God? Well, I'm going to hit that for here for a second. Actually, maybe for... 10 minutes. Uh, I think the first place to go is the first place to go. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. First commandment. Lays the basis for what it means for the Lord to be my God. Now that commandments two and three uh, also, also cover some of this uh, about not worshiping graven images and, and not taking the Lord's name in vain. But the baseline is you shall have no other gods before me. He must have the pride of place in our lives. We sing it. We say it. The real challenge is to live it. No other God can take the place you hold in my heart. You ever sing that song and the Holy Spirit's talking to you and reminding you of stuff that maybe makes what you're saying not true? I grew up with a literal notion that having other gods was an obvious thing. You know, kind of like that first one of these things is not like the other. Uh, 
It is not an obvious thing. All, all three of the first commandments are nuanced. Uh, that shall have no making to yourself a graven image to worship. Uh, some condemn icons and statues and things as, as graven images. And, and, and others find them to be a path to Christ. They don't, they're not worshiping the statue or worshiping uh, the icon, but, but it, it's, it's a connect point for them with Christ. Uh, well, if it's your conviction that that's a graven image and that that's, that that's wrong, uh, stay away. But don't think that just because you don't have a statue or you don't have an icon up on the wall somewhere that you, you don't worship a graven image. There are other images that some people worship. Uh, you know, this could be one. Talk about icons. How about this one? Or I guess that's two, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's on the thing. Uh, vote for Obi-Wan Kenobi. He is our only hope. Uh, occasionally, I'll hear people talk about, you know, well, this, this candidate or that candidate. They're our only hope. And you know, and if they're making a joke, which sometimes they obviously are, I can kind of go there. But if they mean it, I'm kind of going, that's blasphemy. My only hope isn't a man or a woman, a human. My only hope is my God. That's who my only hope is. Some think that taking the Lord's name in vain is, is about cussing. And certainly the Lord's name should not, uh, should, should not be casually used to, to denigrate and it, uh, or as, as an expression of disgust uh, over something. I mean, come on. <clears throat> but it should also not be used to lend weight uh, to my ideas and my opinions or the opinions or ideas of any, you know, this isn't Michael Jordan endorsing shoes. You know, when you put God's name in front of something, go, well, this is what God thinks. Oh, really? Going to scripture and verse that for me? Clearly? I, I honor his name to slap it on, a, too much to slap it on as an endorsement for something that I'm not absolutely certain he endorses. And just because we don't worship Allah or we don't chant Krishna or we don't have statues of the Buddha doesn't mean that we've obeyed the first commandment. In the Garden of Eden, the serpent came and our ancestors opted for the serpent, the God of this world, instead of the Lord, because who you obey is who you've opted for. Whose word you believe is who you've opted for. Whose, whose system you want to buy into is who you've opted for. Uh, the most potent other God that we have to deal with in our culture is money. And God tells you how to put money in its place. And money says, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> if you'll just hold on to me and, and do it the way that I tell you, I'll take care of you. Money will not take care of you. It can be gone like that. God will take care of you. God says to 
forgive and, and, and be free. And, and the God of this age says, well, yeah, but really get even. Get back at them. You, you know, we got we to gotta balance this thing out here. And let me just say, even the Beatles know what the end result of that is. You're going to carry that weight a long time. <laughs> and it'll weigh you down. God says to lay down your life for others. And the God of this age says, don't let them push you around. You got your rights. You, you do what you want to do. Now that cuts in all kinds of different directions. And if you only see it cutting in the direction of them, then you're blind. Because <laughs> it cuts in all kinds of different directions. Ouch. That's all I can say about that. God says, you shall have no other gods before me. And the God of this age says, well, you don't have any statues. You don't, you don't, you don't have any icons. You did the get saved stuff. That's enough. It's not enough. I mean, it may take care of heaven and, and your fire insurance and everything, but it doesn't make him your God. Not if you want to truly be able to say, that is who you are. The destination that we're going to is important, but we're currently on the journey. And it's a difficult journey, but it can be glorious. Money will not make it glorious. In fact, it can make it anything but glorious. Revenge doesn't make it glorious. In fact, there's probably nothing more hollow and empty in human existence than revenge. Winning doesn't make it glorious. It does for a few minutes. But, you know, once the, once, once the, the fizzy bubbles stop, then you find out that, okay, so what? He makes it glorious. Him being our God makes it glorious. And, and he is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Do you know which one of those God finds to be the most satisfying? He's a way maker, yeah. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. But the one that he longs for is to be your God. Is to be my God. That is who he is. And if that's who he is, then the journey's glorious. We don't always see it. We don't always feel it. But we know it. <laughs> we know it's, it's, just, it's just around the corner. One of these days, the book will open up, and, and it may be in our lifetime, and it may not be, but if it's not, that's okay too. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's fun being crazy. <laughs> when you're crazy that way. Hmm.